And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. Oh, beautiful me, you got all that I need. Dimsey hits Davin Fee. Anthony Finnerty comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colin Coyle hitting Finnerty. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Garrity and meet of the football champions. Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another edition of the We Are Mead podcast. It's uh, an empty bunker here tonight, there's a bit more uh, room to swing a cat I suppose. It's just myself, Mickey Brennan and one and only Davey Rispin from the Rispin blog. Davey, how are you today? Great Mickey, yourself? Oh, not too bad, I suppose it'd be a shame not to talk about uh, events over the last couple of days before we go to the podcast. Um, the All-Ireland Final, Dublin and Kerry, you know, the two kingpins of Gaelic football mm. in, in, in uh, Gaelic football. Um, in the country and we were treated to an absolute spectacle of football yesterday yeah it was brilliant wasn't it I suppose they saved the best to last and there was probably a little bit of pressure on them on the football to deliver a, a final like that we probably haven't had a game like that since Dublin and Mayo a couple of years ago last year was a bit one-sided with Tyrone and I suppose for for much of that first half yesterday um, or Sunday you know people Looking at it, probably thought it was going to go a similar way. When Dublin went five points up, mm-hmm. you're kind of saying they're going to win by 10, 12 points here. And I know the red card obviously had a huge influence. It completely turned the game on its head. And Kerry went in four points down. And you're kind of saying, geez, it's probably 60, 40 Dublin, I would have said anyway. Um, and, and the way it went, you know, Kerry were still chipping into the lead, but not making huge inroads until they got that goal through Killian's plan. And everything turned on that and uh, we, we got a thrilling climax to it. It was a fantastic finish. Well, everything did turn on that, I suppose, in that the next few minutes were frantic. Kerry mm. managed to get themselves out in front. But in the last seven or eight minutes or ten, maybe even ten minutes of that game, Kerry didn't even register a shot. Yeah. Never mind a wide. Um, and Dublin had two dropped into the keeper's hand and three wides or something in that space. And they only had 14 men, and it just shows you how strong. People are saying that Kerry shut up shop and tried to close yeah. the game out. Like, everybody gives out as well about Moran, you know, carrying that ball into the tackle. Mm. Did you see the two Dublin players chasing him yeah, back yeah, to, yeah. To, 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 sure. to dispossess him? You know, they're an absolute machine, and, you know, um, Dublin with 15 men on the field would have been hard to say that Kerry would have got close to them. Yeah, it would have. And I suppose something that you mentioned there about um, you know, Kerry trying to probably see the game out for the last 10 minutes, that's a commodity that only Dublin really can do, something yeah. like that, keep the ball for 10 minutes. You were saying Kerry have to go for the kill here because realistically they're not going to keep Dublin out for without scoring themselves for the last six, seven minutes, seven minutes injury time. Um, and eventually, as you say, David Moore, whether it was coughed up or whether it was brilliant, um, you know, tackling, I'd say a bit of both, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Dublin got that score and, and probably could have won it with the last kick as well, but thankfully didn't. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it would have been uh, it would have been a travesty to see either of them losing the game. I think a draw was a fair result. The free, had it gone over, would have been a free to win any game. Yeah. And you wouldn't have been able to argue 
uh, with it. Uh, he did it two years ago against uh, uh, Mayo from uh, obviously not as tight an angle, but mm. further out the field, closer to the 45, but more in front of goal, I suppose. Um, and uh, I was talking to a friend of mine who was at the game who was literally just behind um, where uh, Dean Rock took that last free. He was above him in the Cusick stand and he was looking down, straight down on top of him. And as he took his first step back, he went from the pitch to the AstroTurf yeah. that's at the side of the yeah. pitch and he kind of stopped and had to find his bearings, looked around. If you look at it on the mm. on the on the T V you can see that as soon as he hits the, the AstroTurf he kinda he kinda shudders and his, his shaken, head looks. Yeah. And I suppose to be taking a free of that magnitude and pressure at that time of the day or that time of a game in an all Ireland final and then to be going from one type of surface to grass mm. in the space of three steps, you know, it just adds to it. And, you know, it, it had that, I feel, had that free been another three, four feet in onto the field, and that's not a huge distance, but it would have made a massive difference to the free being taken. I think it would have. And something that I was very surprised what was that he went off the ground, to be honest with you, purely because of that reason alone. He was, the yeah, he was a foot in from the sideline, say, yeah. um, where the ball was had to be kicked from now somebody beside me at the game says that watch where he'll take it from he'd probably take it in towards the edge of the D but <laughs> he didn't um, but f- for me I was surprised because he wouldn't have had to go down to the AstroTurf if That's he was right, taking it from, from his hands you know yourself and he could have stole a yard or two he could have <laughs> stole a yard or two whereas obviously off the ground you can't do that and you have to take a more prolonged run up up to the ball um, so that that surprised me in itself and he pulled it luckily shanked it to the to the near side which was uh, surprising considering the quality of the player and uh, the the quality of his performance yesterday I thought he was outstanding one of many yeah. you know, standout performances between yeah, the teams I, I definitely thought that it had Dublin won it it was between himself and uh, Jack McCaffrey for mm. the man of the match uh, Dean Rock doesn't get an awful lot of plaudits for his open play, yeah. uh, it's usually his free-taking, but I thought he was immense. He kicked three or four from play um, uh, yesterday for a change. And I suppose to bring it back, tie it into the We Are Mead podcast, a Mead man in the middle of the field, refereeing his first All-Ireland final, David Goff from the Slane Club, absolutely immense, got all of the big calls right. Yeah. Uh, the only call, I suppose, out of the whole game that you could maybe question and it's not his fault because he wasn't the one on the line, was the penalty. The Cluxton uh, coming a metre and a half off his line. Which I, look, at the end of the day, the rule is there now, mm. but it hasn't been, you know, enforced. it hasn't been enforced all year. So yeah. to enforce it in an All-Ireland final, okay, you have to, whatever, but somebody missed it. I don't think it was David Goff that missed no, it. No, I, I don't think you can pin all the blame on David Goff for that because, no. you know, obviously the two umpires are there, first and foremost. They're watching the line nearly specifically yeah. to, to see does the ball cross or is there any infringement. So I wouldn't point the blame on them either, but they they should definitely have a thing. You, you, know, you know yourself when someone's taking a penalty, the referee tries his best to watch for runners intruding before yeah. the ball is kicked. I'd imagine that was his probably number one focus. Priority, yeah. Um, and everything happens so quick. I know it's great. We can all look back on it in slow and, and see these pictures going around social media today of how far he was just off his line. But you have to remember how quickly this all happens yeah, it's between the penalty second. being taken and him coming off his line. It's it's a split second, exactly. He, um, But we won't dwell on that. Because no. That's a, no that he, was, as I said to you, all of the big calls, I think uh, David Goff got absolutely mm. spot on. I thought he was... Absolutely brilliant, the, and yeah. and that was the only thing that I could have questioned. But we won't dwell on that. There the was because were class. There was um, I had the pleasure of um, 
attending the game with the Leddy family, um, who who are very kindly or generously given tickets by Crow Park to the game, and I had the pleasure of getting one of them with with the family in that. And David Goff actually came into the box after for his post match meal. All the team of officials and and family, so we all shook hands with them. You know, the um, Ashlyn um, Leddy, she's a slain woman herself. She used to babysit David Goff, Fine. so it was a, it was an amazing moment when they came in after the game. But shook hands, said well done, and. One of the one of the young lads, Jack, he says, um, great game, but he says, what about Killian Splans foul towards the end up the top? And and David says, kind of in tongue and cheek, he says, I don't remember that one, he says, you know. But uh, yeah, unbe- unbelievable game considering the pressure, as you say, of the occasion and everything yeah. else that went with it. And we just want to say well done to uh, David Goff, um, uh, the Slane Club and... Uh, uh, mid patrons and supporters are all very proud of your uh, exploits in uh, the All-Ireland final you couldn't have done a better job basically I don't think I, I, in fairness I haven't seen an All-Ireland final with so much pressure on it mm. uh, with so much riding on it between history and yeah. the two clubs that were, or the two counties that were involved and everything that went with it and, and, all, all, and all the crap that went before it with, with exactly. his appointment at yeah. first too you know like so yeah so the whole, the whole thing uh, was built up into something and he dealt with it so well well done to David Goff and uh, uh, best of luck to whoever gets to, to Connor, Connor Lane is it Connor from Cor- Lane from Cork yeah. best of luck to Connor Lane who will be uh, doing the replay I think it might be an easier game myself to referee I think that Do- Kerry had their chance and I think Dublin will just maybe wipe the floor with Kerry in the in the replay but it's all to be seen and that's especially for our Dublin contingent up around Dumboyne Ashford and St. Column Kills obviously not Rathote we're not allowed to say Rathote anymore remember yeah. Rathote is, is landlocked so it is it's landlocked by Kilbride and Dunshockland oh, Kilbride and are another yeah. one yeah yeah. they, they all St. Pat's they all yeah. stop Rathote from touching Dublin that's, that's the, the point that Kieran Flynn was making last week Anyways, we're going to get back to this week's podcast. On this week's podcast, we're going to be uh, previewing and uh, going through the fixtures and uh, looking at the tables for the uh, Ferio Steel Senior Football Championship and the Mead Potato Intermediate Championship. And we look at Group C. It's uh, at the final round fixtures, um, Group C and the Junior A Chocolate Tower Championship. Um, the rest of the Group A and Group B are waiting on uh, the teams to come out of Group C. So we'll have a quick look at that. Um, uh, David, you attended a game mm. uh, during the week between Kells and Navadomatnies. You got to talk with Gary McGovern from Kells and uh, that the interview will be available on our Patreon service, um, the Loyal Royals um, podcast through Patreon. It's uh, www.patreon.com forward slash we are me and you'll be able to get all the interviews and extra podcasts for the uh, Loyal Royal supporters through Patreon. So uh, we'll also be giving you the hurling results uh, from the Intermediate and Senior uh, Championship from last weekend. We'll be giving you, also we'll uh, maybe have a quick chat about the Ladies All-Ireland Final that's impending in two weeks' time where Mead will take on Tipperary. So to start with, what we might do, uh, David, is we'll go through the hurling results uh, from last weekend and I'll just run through the, the results we don't have our small ball expert uh, Kieran Flynn with us this week so we're going to run through the intermediate hurling uh, uh, results and tables as they stand at the minute so uh, we'll go to group B of the Uniflu Intermediate Hurling Championship 
and uh, last Saturday the 31st the venue was at Boy it was round 5 Kilskir uh, and Kilskir Moila versus Kilmesson and uh, Kilmesson gave the walk over there to Kilskir Moila very disappointing there that uh, a club with so much history like Kilmesson were uh, giving a walk over to Kilskir Moila and uh, that pushes Kilskir Moila up onto 8 points uh, in the table and uh, also last Saturday the venue was Park Tolchin it was round 5 it was Ratmalayan versus Kiltail and Ratmalayan came away with the win here 116 to Kiltail's 1 goal and 12 and uh, that sees Ratmalayan go to the top of the table on 10 points so uh, sitting there as we said looking at the table group B it's Ratmalayan on 10 it's Kilskir Moila on 8 in 3rd is Kildalki 4th uh, is Kiltail 5th is Trim and 6th is Kilmesson there is uh, five uh, group games to be played. So the last one to be played is Kildalki and Trim. Neither team can make it through to uh, the quarterfinals of the Intermediate Hurling Championship. It is Ratmaline and Kilskir Moila who go through to the next round. Looking at... Uh, just just on that, Mickey, sorry. Um, and I know it's not my place really, but it's it's great to see the first teams um, in, in that group going through. Yeah. And, and, you know, the second teams are there for a reason, obviously, and they're... They needed to make up the numbers and that, but it's really good to see Ratmaline back on the up ankle scare Moila for that matter too, just to see two first teams advance into the knockout stages. Yeah, and uh, as you said, disappointing that Kilmesson was uh, such history. Mm. Could, second team couldn't feel the team there in in, in in Group B of the Intermediate Hurling Championship. In Group A of the Intermediate Hurling Championship, the venue was Kildalki. It was last Friday night. All three of these games were played last Friday night. All of them round five, and it was Clonmagale who came away with the victory, three fourteen to Kells. 0-9 um, that's East go to the top of the table then it was in Rathout it was Dunamore Ashburn taking on Dundry Dundry won this in the scoreline at 3.21 to Dunamore Ashburn's 2-6 and then the final game was played in Trim and it was Drumree 115 Wolf Tones 17 points a one point win there for Drumree and that win saw Drumree climb up to 6 points and joint uh, second in the table Dundery also have 6 points uh, with a plus 20 score difference and then top of the table is Clonmagale so the table looks as like this Clonmagale, Dundry, Drumree, Gail Colin Kill, Wolf Tones and Dunamore Ashburn I'm not sure how the Intermediate Hurling Championship works I know that Group B two teams come out of it and I'm not sure um, if Clonmagale and Dundry, I think, may go into the semi-finals straight. And then Drumree, Gail Colm Kill, play Ratmalayan, Kilskier for a place in the semi-finals, I think. But we have to check that out with our small ball expert next week. Uh, what we'll do now is we'll move on to the Ted Murtha Clothing and Footwear Senior Hurling Championship. And it was Group B we'll start with. And it was last Thursday night. It was Navin O'Matney's uh, was the venue. And it was Kilmesson 2-12, Navin O'Matney's one goal and six Good win there for Clemesson's first team. Uh, on Sunday, the venue was Longwood and it was Blackhall Gales versus Boards Mill. And Boards Mill giving Blackhall Gales a walk over. Very disappointing again to see that with uh, Boards Mill's first team. And then uh, the venue was Ratmaline on Sunday and it was Trim three goals and 13. Nafina one goal and 13. So two goal win there for Trim. Sees them uh, cement their place at the top of the table above Nafina who stay on eight points. Blackhall Gales are on six. Kilmesson are on four. Navin O'Matney's uh, are on two points and um, keep their senior status while Boards Mill will be operating in the intermediate uh, hurling championship next year. Do you think Do you think there was a little bit of probably you were down and 
no need maybe playing the last round and I know their footballers are going well in the junior B to be a huge crossover between the two there possibly there was a little bit of maybe thinking well should we're out of the hurling why don't we instead of risking maybe getting injured or whatever let's focus on the football from here on in yeah the only thing is is that you know um, it gave Blackhall Gales yeah, well, two points and, and, yeah. and uh, Kilmesson uh, would have joined Blackhall Gales on four points had uh, we'll say Boards um, Mill won against Blackhall mm-hmm. Gales and now I don't know what the head to head would have been between Kilmesson and Blackhall Gales but still it's just it's just not right I don't I, I don't think it's right even no. if you know if you're going to field two teams be it hurling and football you know you have to commit to them oh, and, yeah, and, sure. and, and yeah. whatever so just disappointing um, but Nafina and Trim uh, do go through to the quarterfinals of the Senior Hurling Championship and um, looking down at Group A, the results, the venue was done shocking. It was Saturday. All these games were played last Saturday. And uh, Longwood uh, were taking on Dunboyne. And Longwood came away with the victory here. 117 to Dunboyne's 213. A one-point victory there for Longwood. Uh, the venue was Boardsville, Kildalki, 120, Killian, 211. So that's uh, 23 points to 17 in favour of Kildalki. And then the big result of that weekend was in Park Tolchin. It was Rathoth, 121, Kiltail, 315. They say goals win games. Well, in this case, goals were just good enough for Kiltail to get a draw against uh, Rathoth. Myself and Kieran Flynn did speak about uh, Rathoth a few weeks ago, um, saying that they were an up-and-coming hurling team. They do have dual players in the whole lot, but um, that's a wonderful result for Rathoth. Um, getting a draw with the with the kingpins of 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 Mead hurling Kiltail Kiltail do stay on, on on top of the table with nine points. Then it's Kildalki on seven, Longwood on seven, and Rathoth on five. Kilian and St Peter's Dunboyne. Uh, Killian with two, St Peter's Dunboyne with zero, and I don't think Killian or St Peter's Dunboyne um play in a quarter final now. Um, I think that the way it works is Kildale and Kildalki go straight through the semi finals. Longwood would hope take on uh Trim and Nafina from Group B in the quarter finals for a place in the semi finals, and uh, it's getting to the business end of the hurling championship, just like it is in the football as well uh, David Rispin yeah. and uh, that is our hurling roundup for this week we will be getting the small ball expert next week to fill us in on all that but uh, I think it's time now to maybe move on to we might. what we might do is uh, before we go on to the previews and fixtures of the uh, Chuck McDerrick Jr no, uh, Mead Potato Intermediate and the Furious Steel Senior Championships we'll just have a look the ladies me ladies are taking on Tipperary in the All-Ireland Final, the Intermediate All-Ireland Final, on Sunday the 15th of September. Uh, it's the day after the replay of Cork, or sorry, of Dublin and Kerry um, in Crow Park, and that game will be at 1.45. Uh, this, is, this is a massive opportunity for, for this Mead team. Um, having lost the final last year to, to, to Tyrone, they've gone on this year, they've won the Division 3, they lost the Leinster Final to Wexford, um, they've lost to Tipperary already this year, but they're in a much better position going into this final than they were last year. Yeah, you, you'd think they'd learn a lot from that experience, I suppose, playing in Crow Park. And I know it, it they came unstuck, but they played a very good Tyrone side that day. And, you know, they held their own for long parts of the game. I think there was a lot of goals um, went in in the second half, which cost them, as you say, they were a very young team, probably in transition. I, w- I wouldn't suggest they were probably fancy to get to the final last year. This year, look, at they would have learned a lot. Expectations were raised a good bit. Um, 
it, you know, when everyone spoke Tipperary were the strong favourites to end up in the final, and I suppose Mead were um, expected to join them there. But yeah. that brings its own pressures too. And I know after losing out, um, you know, during the Leinster, there was there was pressure because you're in the last chance saloon, essentially, you know, you're straight knockout from there on in, got into the group stages then. And, and I've came through it, albeit with that defeat to Tipperary, which was probably expected. But again, I'd suggest that's a learning curve and like that should stand to them going into the final next week. We know the quality Tipperary possess, you know, they, they were a senior club or senior club, senior county. Um, and yeah, they'd be lucky to get back there, you know, as soon Played as Division possible. 1 yeah. football all year as well, like um, me playing, in, playing their trade in Division 3. And that has to stand to Tipperary as well. Yeah, like they had some really good performances. I remember the night against uh, against Cork, Mead, the Mead senior lads were playing Cork in the league after that in Parky Rin. And I mean, um, Ashley Maloney, who everybody knows, you know, is their standout player. She's probably the best player in the country, to be honest with you, on form. Um, and so she, much more to that Tipperary team rather than there is, but but you, she is yeah. a, a, a star. Yeah, she she really is. Um, and inevitably she takes up all the attention, which means that the other girls can probably prosper. And I know that probably doesn't sound great, but inevitably enough, when you have you know star players to get the best attention, say from man markers or whoever it is, then other players tend to prosper in in their absence. If yeah. let, let's say Ashley Maloney is an off day, that that by no means, as you mentioned, um, rules Tipperary out of winning the game. It just means that you know she's been minimised, but the other girls have to be marked as well. And yeah. I suppose that's the task that's facing Mead. It is indeed. And uh, for um, in depth analysis and interviews, I think uh, we've five interviews from the um, Mead ladies camp, um, that uh, Brian Kelly. Uh, got at the media night the other night we have all of that we're going to do a special loyal royals podcast um on the mead ladies that will be coming out uh next early next week maybe maybe sunday depending on when when i get it recorded with brian kelly but uh, it'll definitely be out next week early in the week and uh, it's definitely one to listen into um some great interviews there um with some of the club players um the me goalie monica mcgurk stands out in my head from from the interviews um uh megan not no what's the megan time not is it megan no the young girl who plays um jewel megan clark um no the girl who plays for the minors and the seniors um it's not it's eluding me there now at the minute but um yeah some great in-depth uh interviews there with the mead camp and uh fergal harney as well the um chairman of the mead ladies group or mead ladies county board so um yeah that's one to look out for and we wish the ladies all the best we will be previewing it as well on next week's podcast and the we are mead podcast as well we'll do a quick few minutes and um, just remind the people of that game we're going to move on now to the uh Chuck and Tarek. Junior Football Championship Group C. It's coming to the closing stages. We said we wouldn't do any previews or anything on Group C until uh, until it got to the very latter stages, and uh, it's 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 at that stage. Last round of games. It does look like it's fairly settled, and we know who's going to be going through. There's probably a chance that maybe third, fourth might change uh, depending on results. But uh, the fixtures are Friday. 6th of September, that's this Friday, the venue is Dunshockland and uh, Nafina will be taking on Summerhill. Also on Friday, the venue is Simonson, Wolf Tones will take on Navin O'Mahony's. Um, on Sunday, uh, the venue will be Bective and Centralstown will take on Dunshockland. 
and on Sunday also Sean Newman Park out there uh, beside Cortown and it's going to be screen taken on Gail Colin Kill screen taken on the Kells team so just looking at the tables there for um, the Chocolate Terrell Junior Championship I'm looking yeah. David at Group C Summerhill Gail Colin Kill and Centralstown all uh, Summerhill and Gail Colin Kill are guaranteed their places in the um, in, in the quarter final yeah. I suppose Sedgerstown and Wolf Tones are fighting for that last position I, I don't think they are to be honest because um, you know Wolf Tones can win but that'll only get them up to 8 points Sedgerstown have the head to head on them so oh, that's, have the that's rubber stamped already yeah so the three teams are going to advance um, well if they uh, looking at those uh, fixtures again I'm just going back yeah, to yep, Nafina and uh, Summerhill um, Kells Nafina Summerhill um, Kells play God, Kells play screen, as you say. Yeah. Sedgetown played on chocolate and Wolf Tones played Avonomatis. I suppose the way you have to look at it is... Summerhill of Nafina, is it? Summerhill of Nafina, who, so, who finished bottom of the group, who well, are the, bottom of the group. It so. looks... It, so, it does look like that, that those three teams are not mm. going to change positions. No. Uh, well, Summerhill and Gail Column Killer... They're the only two that can fluctuate. That they're yeah. the only ones that can fluctuate, but there's a score difference of plus 25 for uh, Summerhill. So Kells would have to win by a cricket score and Summerhill yeah. would have to lose by a cricket score for Kells to uh, to to jump ahead. Well, actually, if they, if they, if they, if Summerhill lost and Kells Yeah, well, won, that or actually... even a draw, possibly. But yeah. I, I don't think from talking to the Gale Column Kill lads that they, they expect that to happen. They really don't. But they're looking at the game as more another chance to perform and probably play together and get another win and under their belt that you know they're going to have a huge step up in in a test it's it's looking like like Dunsany I think if they do finish second um in that quarter final which will be a, a decent game I have to say well just yeah. before we go on to the quarter final the preliminary quarter final will see B3 which is St Vincent's and they will be taking on Centralstown yeah and that will be your first of your results like that or your first of your fixtures mm. Taking place, it could, it could be the following weekend. Oh, no, I don't think it's for another three weeks. <laughs> in the in the juniors, not yeah, for three weeks. Yeah. Okay. Um. But but Centralstown, St Vincent's, like mm. that would be a hard one to call. Centralstown are motoring at the moment, and uh, yeah. they've got a good few of the minors coming through onto the onto the senior and onto their junior team. That are just lighting the, the place well, up you, at the moment. You have to respect them. And I mean, Flash Flash Gordon is a huge fan of the podcast, you know, and goals there for the Centralstown Junior A's. And he's he's one of these lads that would always look at it with an optimistic lens on. And he thinks that this Centralstown team, under the guidance of Matty McCabe, can trouble someone like St. Vincent's. The way he said it to me was that they're much happier playing someone like St. Vincent's than they are Clannagale. Yeah. Now, I'm not sure what to think in there. I know Vincent's finished third, but they did beat Clannagale by five points, but they probably see Clannagale as probably more of a running team, whereas Vincent's are probably more of a structured, organised team, yeah. and, and they might be able to live with that a little bit more. But they have some real good quality in there. I mean, Johnny Gilson there, like, let's be honest about it, he's a senior football playing junior A footballer. He's a junior senior footballer playing junior A football. Yeah. Um, and he's been shooting the lights out for them all year in the junior A. It's just a case of, can they hang on to him? You'd like to think they would, but the way their senior team are, they're in a must-win game this weekend too, and if he's needed with a few minutes to go, he will be used. He will be used, and you can't it. you can't argue with Ushie McConville or, or Joe Cowley for doing that because ultimately, I know it's frustrating for the lads on the second team, but that's where a manager is paid. It's a priority first team, so 
hopefully for their sake they can hold on to Johnny and they might have a squeak but it's hard to see it then the winner of that game will be taken on the winner uh, of Group A or A1 if you want to call it which is Beliver and that's going to be a huge task for either of those teams St Vincent's or um, Sanchestown having played each other to go out the following week and play Beliver mm. who are in flying form in the quarter final just to look down at the other ones B1 that's Clonagale would be taking on C2 which is Kells and that is a game that uh, Clonagale and I think so, sorry, it's B1 Dunsany Dunsany and Kells yeah. sorry yeah. B1 is Dunsany and Kells and that would not be an easy one for Dunsany and no. you know the uh, Kieran Flynn has an awful lot of ties out there in Dunsany, but his father taught all those players in the Kells team, yeah. so it's going to be a it's going to be a real. That's a real interesting aspect <laughs> of that game, isn't it? It's going to be and some of them lads, um, some of them are young lads, some of them are old lads, some of them are in the kind of middle um, of their career. But that would be an intriguing game. I, it's hard to see past Dunsany, but I always say this about Dunsany: the only thing that can beat Dunsany in games like this is themselves. Mm-hmm. It really is because they sometimes believe their hype a little bit too much. Um, they go into games that are meant to win they should win comfortably they normally would win on any other given day and end up blowing it whereas when they play decent opposition or opposition that are well matched against them they have excellent records so I think Dunsany win this game if, they're, if their heads are screwed on but uh, don't write off them Kells men and Gary Arkins especially absolutely uh, it's, uh, uh, and speaking of the Kells men you, you were at their game against Navin O'Matney's uh, during the week and uh, you caught up with uh, Gary McGovern the Kells goalkeeper and uh, he uh, he was quite happy with the with, with the victory the, the supporters were getting in on the interview as well but uh, I suppose something for all of our Patreon listeners uh, the Loyal Royals podcast listeners um, we get an interview not only with Gary McGovern but we got an interview with the one and only Michal O'Mara Hurtig as well and uh, that's something to be uh, to, to be listened to yeah like Gary's an absolute character he's he's just one of a kind he was on the Late Late Show a few years ago ripping off Michal O'Mara Hurtig do you know um, and then Michal was there kind of looking so it was three lads impersonating him I, Gary I think was second or that but for me he was the best one that does it he does an unbelievable job at it but yeah for people that haven't got the Patreon service like we we tend to fill them every week with this content about loads of interviews and loads of in-depth analysis please like if if, just buy it for this alone like it's absolute (laughs) gold and you won't hear something like this every day but and you know what it is it's only five dollars a month (laughs) exactly it's less than the price of a pint yeah um and you'll get an extra seven or eight maybe nine even up on 10 or 12 podcasts a month depending on uh, and like this this content is purely exclusive to it like it's just made for but Gary, Gary actually snapped me uh, the day of the game, and he, you know, he was. I, I could tell he was after an interview. He was saying, "Oh, you know, hopefully Carton treats me well tonight." He has a great um, <laughs> association with Carton. I suppose some people would call it his home. I wouldn't be like that. I'd call it his second home. But he, uh, he was mad coming off the pitch, and we were standing around, and he kind of gave me the look, and the boys were egging him on, "Go on, guys, go on, do the interview." So he was only too happy to. And then <laughs> the boys in the back beeping. You'll hear it all on the Patreon, but it's great stuff. It is indeed. It's uh, it's it, it is brilliant, and uh, the. The Kells lads are, are, are good lads and uh, uh, Gary is one of them and I even met him in his place at work today and he wanted to speak to me so he did and, uh, <laughs> mad to come over and talk football with me and I said look 
He's our dead certs for the senior championship. And he says, oh, no, no, not at all, not at all, not yet, not yet, not yet, playing it down. But uh, bring it back. And them up as well. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> bring it back to the Chocolate Tower Junior Championship. We're looking at the third of the quarterfinals being like this. It'll be C1, which is more than likely Summerhill. And they will be taking on A3, which will be Moila. And Moila, who are after winning three on the trot yeah. and are bringing an intensity to their games at the minute, that, you know, I was talking to a, a minority man today and he said that, like, they were really, really revved up going into that game, but they weren't able to match the intensity that Moila brought to it. Yeah, Moila will always bring that. And I think, look at what they lack in quality and probably numbers, um, they make up for an abundance in, in intensity and pure passion and desire for football. It's, uh, but that's that's the game. Of all the second team games against first team opposition, that's the one where... There could well be an upset there. I really do think that. I think Summerhill are a very strong team. Um, always, I always are. Generally, I wouldn't be surprised if Kells would give give uh, Dunsany a bit of a. Yeah, they could give them a game. I don't expect them to win, but I think that's the game. There, there was nothing in it when the sides met last year. I think in the quarter final, I don't ex- expect that to be in this either. I think Summerhill are a really good young up and coming team. They generally keep a pool of players for the junior team that don't really touch. I know they've lost husband and Paul Larkin in recent weeks, but they'll be strong. Um, Moila have been winning games, yes, but not comprehensively. Bet Minaldi by two points, bet Karen Ross the week before by a point. The only comprehensive win was probably against uh, Clannard, who, who, you know, were the, the whipping boys, the whipping of, the boys of the group. Yeah. So, yeah, that's going to be a cracking game. It is indeed. In the last of the quarterfinals, we'll see B2, which is Clonmagale, pitted against A2, which is St. Dalton's, and that is a mouthwatering affair there. Um, you know, Who do you team- want to lose more? <laughs> <laughs> is the question I was just about to ask you, David Wilson. Um, you know, it's St. Dalton's, your near neighbours and biggest foes against Clon McGill, your near neighbours and second biggest, foes. second biggest foes and probably your sparring partners when it comes to boxing matches and stuff like that. Um, Football matches. You know, well, well, there wasn't too much football played that day. Yeah. But, <laughs> but looking at it, um, that is a cracking tie. And yeah. two teams that would have great aspirations of going on and winning that junior championship. Yeah, I think whoever can come out of that game with... Um, with Unscathed. Well, I was just going to say that. Obviously, still in the championship, but still with their full complement of players. <laughs> uh, will probably do well. All limbs intact as well. Yeah. Like. But like, there, there will be some key matchups. I know um, Swain in midfield and Key McBride, they were midfield partners for the mid under 20s this year like what a what a duel that would be if the two of them lads matched up against each other like sometimes they cancel each other out but I'd love to see that happen um Clannagale I was impressed with the last day against us as I said before Snultons have been going okay you know they haven't been setting the world alight um got the got off the boil a little bit after now it was funny because they drew at Minolte in the championship in Cortown then went out and bet St Vincent's in the Tottenham Cup final and then went out and got hammered by Beliver the following week. So it's very hard to know where they're at. I think the break could actually do them the world of good, whereas Abai, um Rakarn have been kind of on a little bit of a roll. They would probably benefit if the game had been, say, this week or next week, whereas Ultons will probably yeah. need the extra couple of weeks just to get things, you know, moving along again. Um, but, yeah, it's good. there's going to be nothing in that game. That's going to be a savage game. Yeah, it's going to it's gonna make for... Uh, it's probably the pick of the ties yeah. in the quarterfinals um, with the second game being Summerhill and... Moyle, and yeah. Moyle, yeah. Um, Another cracking uh, uh, 
fixture there. Um, uh, we're going to move on now from the Chalk Materic um, uh, Junior Championship. Those quarterfinals are not to be played for quite some time now. Three, I think got, three weeks, yeah. We've got, as we said, we've got Group C to be finished We've um, before we um, uh, get the preliminary quarterfinal and then get the quarterfinal. So maybe three to four weeks before the Junior, uh, junior A uh, Championship quarterfinals. I know Junior B preliminary round is taking place this weekend and there's a junior D actually we're out in the junior yeah. D quarterfinals so there's, this a, weekend as well. there's a lot of football being uh, played and uh, we'll move on now to the Mead Potato Intermediate Football Championship and we'll start with Group A and the venue is Courtown it's Knobber v Kilmainham um, these all, all these games are being played on Friday uh, venue Castletown it's Mead Hill v Ballinlock and uh, the venue is Minalty and it's Oldcastle v Dunbarra Emmets and that's they're all at 7.45 on Friday evening and looking down at um, at the table Nobber and 7 am I in the right one? yeah yeah Nobber and 7 Meath Hill and 6 Oldcastle and 5 Ballinlock and 4 Dunbarra on 2 and Kilmainham on 0 and uh, I suppose four teams playing for uh, quarterfinal spots in that group yeah, the key the key game is um hundred percent Meath Hill versus uh, Ballinlock. Winner goes through, simple as. Um, without being too disrespectful, you would assume Oldcastle who need a win against already out Drumbarra, mm-hmm. uh, they will get that win that they need. Nobber are have been going ever so well. They play Kilmainham who are bottom of the group, no points. Mickey Newman just out from a, an operation last weekend, so. It's very difficult to make a case for Kilmainham in that game, um, but we'll do our utmost in Carton for them. <laughs> but <laughs> there's there's no guarantees there. It's it's Mead Hill and Ballinlock. That's the game. Winner goes through. 50-50 game for me. I'd probably on form. You'd have to give Mead Hill the the, the, the benefit, um, but there'll be absolutely nothing that that'll be a proper not Mead derby. Yeah, that's going to be a tight game. So it is uh, Ballinlock. You know, finish well the last day. It's. You know, with Paderborn coming off the mm. bench, they're, they're will they will the star Paderborn? Surely, will they? To, don't you? Well, we we were talking about this in the last the last podcast, and we were saying that you know the general kind of view out there is that maybe they're getting more out of him coming on for the last twenty than they would if he was on for sixty. I don't know. I think you you're know, you're at the point of no return now. I I know that was grand yeah. doing that in the last couple of games. Yeah, you were you still had this to fall back on, but now this is it. You know, you have the, to, it's do or die. It, it's shit or bust, really. Yeah, to be yeah. honest with you. Or so off, yeah, get that, off the toilet. And yeah, that's So that'll be interesting. Um, I I think he starts. To be honest, I think you have to start him in a game like that. Yeah, it's a massive massive game. Um, we'll go on to Group B of the intermediate. And uh, all these games are being played on Sunday. They're all being played at four o'clock. And the first venue is Ratkenny, and it's Sidden v Bective. The second one is St Michael's versus Ballinabracky, and the third one is Castletown versus Trim. And uh, looking down at the uh, the fixtures, uh, sorry, looking down at the table, Castletown playing Trim. It's a top mm. of the table clash. Yeah. Uh, Ballinabracky are taking on St Michael's. St Michael's. So again. It's it's a shootout between Ballinabracky and St Michael's basically for uh, the third spot. It is, and um, look at Ballinabracky lost our first two games in that group and looked toast. Um, they benefited from an extremely good second half of the league that culminated in them lifting silverware um, at, in the final, and and since that they've won their two championship games, so they've they've given themselves a real chance. And Michael's have kind of gone off the rails altogether. They've lost so many players due to injury and. Traveling and everything, I you know, Davy Wright. I feel so sorry for him. I think they're down seven or eight starters. Yeah, 
and good good footballers as well like it's just it's it, it's a huge ask for them to be honest on form you you can't not fancy Balnebracchi to get the win there the the Trim and Castletown game is really interesting for me um I think Castletown have obviously been a juggernaut we you know we speak about them every single week here but Trim have given themselves the the chance to actually face them they have the right to top the group if they if they get the win against them um and i don't think they'll be too worried if they don't but it's a great opportunity for trim to test themselves against probably on form the best team in the intermediate championship yeah. right now i'm not saying they're going to win the intermediate championship castletown but you'd have to say on form league and championship they are the team to beat um but trim will fancy themselves to have a little bit of a scalp against castletown yeah for sure yeah absolutely um i, I definitely agree and, and i think that trim Trim, big town team, um, and you know if they can get their full complement out in the field with no injuries from the hurling from this weekend and whatever, like that is yeah. that is their probably their hardest thing is juggling the two yeah. of them and going and well in both. Going well, well in yeah. both, so yeah. something's going to have to give at the end of the day. I do think that Trim will be um, up for this game. Castletown obviously will be up for it as well, but there's not much riding on it for them. Only top spot. Mm. Um, so if there's any knocks and niggles. They're probably not going to be risked, you know, in a game like this. Probably similar to that of um of Nobber and Kilmainham and the other group, you know, Nobber are true. I think they have a few injuries going into the game. I don't think they'll be you'll you'll probably see a little bit of that in you know this week in, across the three grades. And I'm just looking at it and B one, the winner of that group will be playing second in group C, which is not an easy group at all. When you look at the likes of Dundery, Delik, Bellius and Waterson and Blackhall Gales mm. all in the top four of that table. So you'd nearly, in fact, you'd nearly be better off finishing second in B2 because you'll you end up playing uh, the second in, in, in Group A. Mm. Um, but I just... It's a, it's a, it's a, that group C is is the group of death if you ask me with, yeah. with teams that have been playing senior in recent years and stuff like in it it's a it's a it's a it's a big ask. Um, looking at Group C anyway, we'll go to that one now. The Meat Potato Intermediate Football Championship Group C. All these games being played on Sunday, um, and they're all at half three. The first one is in Ard Cat. And it's Dunmore Ashburn v Dulik Bellustown. Uh, the second one is Dunboyne against Dundery. And the third one is Blackhall Gales against Waterstown. And if my memory serves me correctly, it's the top three against the bottom three yep. in uh, that one. And I think the biggest one is the Waterstown and Blackhall Gales game, which is again a shootout between those two teams. Um, Dulik Bellustown, Dundery, and Waterstown all on six points. Blackhall Gales are on four. A win would see them join Waterstown on six points and knock them out on a head-to-head, no matter what the results. Oh, well, depending on score difference mm. as well with the other yeah. two teams. But I can't see... No, I think it's I think I it's think pretty straightforward. and Dundry are going to win their, their yeah. final games. So that won't, that won't come into play. It's going to be a shootout between Waterstown and Blackhall Gales. And looking at that, it's a mouthwatering uh, tie, that one. And, and a really, really big group. Yeah, it is a big group, and like them two teams of you mentioned, this is the group of kind of teams that have come down from senior in recent years, and ironically, they're in the group with two of the senior clubs, Dunrashburn yeah. and St Peter's Dunboyne. But uh, I think Blackhall Gales they've bet the two senior second teams, so they've bet Dunrashburn and bet uh, uh, St Peter's Dunboyne, but haven't they haven't been, Bell- no Bell- they haven't got a scalp yeah they haven't got a scalp as of yet. This is obviously their last chance to do so. Uh, Brian O'Connell, son of Martin, 
has is, is, did his cruciate. So he, he's going to be a huge loss for Walterstown. Him himself and um, his brother Barry are the real two go-to men inside for Waterstown. So a lot's going to ride on Barry's kind of um, form in this game. And if Blackhall Gales can somehow you know keep a handle on him, there's every chance that they can go on and kick on and, and get a crucial win and probably leave from Waterstown into the knockout stages. Yeah, it's again a huge, huge game there in that intermediate championship. What we'll do is after the um, results next week, we will um, preview or have a look at the quarterfinals, the way they're going to end up. Um, we'll we'll uh, look at all the groups give out the quarterfinals and then the following week we'll be doing our predictions sure. uh, for them. So what we'll do now is we'll move on to the Ferry Hill Steel Senior Football Championship Group A and uh, these games are all being played on Sunday. They're all played at half five and the first is O'Matley's versus St. Pat's versus St. Pat's, Screen versus Dunshockland and Dunshockland versus Gail Colum Kill. And looking at the Senior Championship, like this, this group has the potential of five teams ending on six points and a team on six points going into the relegation. Yeah, and that's most likely screen if if that scenario does come to pass. Due to their score difference. Yeah, yeah which is just ridiculous. Like it, it speaks volumes, I suppose, for the unpredictable nature of this group and some of the results that have kind of gone with it. Uh, you'd have to fancy Navin O'Mahony's to get the win against Pats. You know, um, yeah. there, of that, there's, I don't think there's any real um, arguments or questions. It's very hard to make an argument for some Pats. Um, in a game where they're already doomed to the relegation playoffs, Navin O'Mahony's know that they 100% need a win to advance, and I think fully to focused give themselves on, a chance of yeah, advance. And I think they'll be fully focused on doing that and doing a job and probably doing it well. So there's no other result I can see but an Navin O'Mahony's winning that screen and Dunshockland, like for God's sake, uh, what do you say about that one? But you'd have to say on form again, like when you get to this stage of the championship groups towards the latter stages you have to look at form and recent form I know Screen got two wins early on but that was in April mm-hmm. they've tailed off so much so since that alright they were in the game against Sanchez ultimately didn't get the result but it was the last day that would flag huge um, danger signs if you're from Screen or you're a Screen supporter because to to play with an extra man for the guts of half an hour and to get comprehensively outplayed and outscored by a team playing with 40 men albeit a very good Kells team it's it's extremely worrying for them. Uh, I I'd have to go with Dunshockland on form. You can't you can't not. I don't think. Um, and yeah. but but that'll play into the screen's hands. I think it, that's a local derby. They love going into this game as underdogs. They'll, they're a proud club as well as that. Yeah. And they'll have aspirations probably of sneaking into a knockout stage as if they can get the win. Let alone avoiding the relegation playoffs. The other big game in there is Gail Colin Kill events against Centralstown. Mm. Um, Centralstown who are flying at the moment. It's still hard to look past Kells um, uh, in that uh, game, but it wouldn't be a surprise if Centralstown were to get the result there. And if, they, as we said, if they do get the result, Navin O'Matley's be St. Pats and Scream were to beat Dunshockland, mm. we'll end up with five teams and six points. And uh, it's just getting Abacuses out and all that then at that stage to see the score differences in the whole up because it's uh, it's looking down. It's just it's just crazy that it could actually happen and that a team. Could end up on six points and uh, and uh, end up in the relegation battle, but it just shows you how competitive that group is. Now, obviously, this day week we'll know an awful lot more about how that group stands. I would think that Kells will get the win over Centralstown um, in a tough battle. They'll pull away. Um, I think that I actually 
I'm actually going to give Screen um, a little bit of a nod there against Dunshockland, and that will leave it open that Navan O'Matneys will get the win against St. Pats, and you could have four teams ended up on six points mm-hmm. and someone going out of the championship on score difference in that group. Uh, or you'd have three teams on six and someone going out of it. Um, we'll move on now, anyway, to Group B of the Ferry Hill Steel Senior Championship, and all these games taking place on Saturday at 5.30, which, by the way, I have a bit of a qualm with. I have a bit of a uh, I'm, I'm upset about the way they're doing the senior championship but we'll come back to that in a minute uh, the venue on Saturday is Centristown Rakenny v Rathout 5.30 uh, the venue is St Finian's Park Longwood v Summer Hill um, and that's at uh, 5.30 as well Mynalvi v Dunhamore Ashburn that takes place in screen uh, all those games Saturday at 5.30 as I said um, looking down at it uh, Rathkenny uh, and Rathout in group B Um You'd have to be looking at a Rathout win there. You would. Uh, you would. I, I was concerned with Rakenny's performance and the way they fell apart in the second half against Summerhill. Uh, really looked disjointed, um, lacked any sort of belief or confidence, just completely capitulated. Um, capitulated. And I think, uh, I think they're doomed to the playoffs in that. Um, and so are Longwood I think there's two straightforward wins there for Retoat and Summerhill Summerhill who actually need to record a very big win to threaten probably topping the group in that one so they'll 100% be doing that but I think you're going to mention it but well, yeah the big game really yeah. is, is Dunham or Ashburn and Mynalvi, um again in our shootout mm. winner takes all um, if Dunham or Ashburn win they're already well ahead of Summerhill on the on the score and stake, so Summerhill would have to put up a huge score against Longwood, and we do fear for Longwood. We said that last week. Um, if Summerhill can get the shooting boots on and get a good early lead and put them to the sword, they can threaten that uh, top of the table um, score difference. Um, but Mynalvi Dunhamore Ashburn, it's just a big game and it's a hard one to call. It is a hard one to call, and uh, again, Mynalvi inconsistent they generally are to be honest with you they they have yeah. this tendency to pull out incredible results and I wouldn't call this an incredible result if the bet on Rashburn this weekend but you'd say it would be a minor shock just considering the, the form guide um, of the two Dunham Rashburn uh, are, are grinding out games I think is the best way of putting it without playing spectacularly well which is a good sign in itself and I think if they do click they win I think if they play well they win simple as um, Manalvi they're limited in what they have, but what they have is quality. You know, you have David McLaughlin and Killino Sullivan in, in any forward Harnan line. Mid- yeah, Harnan in midfield is going to have to play a huge role, you'd think. Donald Smith, um, and then the other Harnans, Brian and Connor, is back in the team, obviously, as well. So, Robert Lawless, I think, was unavailable the last day, cornerback, very good cornerback. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see can they get him back if they can you'd have to give Manalvi a squeak absolutely yeah because it's like it's a, it's a 50-50 game maybe marginally tipped in, in favour of I think on, on form but nothing in that either we'll move on now to the Fairy Hill Steel uh, Senior Football Championship Group A and uh, the first of the uh, fixtures all these are on Sunday and all of them are at half Five, sorry, all these are at two o'clock on Sunday. I'm going to Group C, not mm. Group A. And the first one is in Stamullen, and it's Curraha versus St. Colum Kills, Nafina versus Wolf Tones, and St. Peter's Dunboyne v. Simonson. That game is in Dunshockland. The Nafina Wolf Tones one is Park Tolchin, all 2 p.m. on Sunday. And this is 
uh, group with a cracking finish as well in Storm. Simonson are top of the table at the moment on six. St. Peter's and Minor on five, having drawn with uh, bottom of the table St. Colum Kills, who it's very surprising to see at bottom of the table because the games that they lost, like they've only got a, minus, a score difference of minus 10 from four games. Mm. You know, um, losing by the odd two points, you know, and then drawn against... Uh, uh, I think their biggest loss was against Wolf Tones, was it? Yeah. I think they lost by by four or five points to Wolf Tones, maybe a little bit more. But they lost a couple of games by a point and then drew with with St Peter's Dunboyne. So while you think looking at it, Curaha on form, yeah, should get the the win against St Colum Kills. It wouldn't be a big surprise if Colum Kills got their only victory of the year. The only problem for them is that no matter what the result is, they're going into relegation. So I suppose maybe they need a little bit of a lift before they go into a relegation playoff. Yeah, they, they probably do. And, and look, at they'll be playing with the pressure off, I think, as well. They know they're going into it regardless. And they'll be looking just for performances going into that uh, playoff. But this is a mad group as well. Wolf Tones play Nafina. Yeah. Both of them are joined on four points, joined second bottom of the group, right? You'd... Curaha need to win t- number one to get out of relegation trouble, yep. but number two, a win will guarantee them uh, an incredible uh, safe passage to the quarterfinals of the championship. Then you throw in the Simonstown and Dunboyne game. Yep. Just let's say, let's say for example, Simonstown get the win against Dunboyne and Curaha beats in Column Kills. The winner of the Nafina and Wolf Tones game will leapfrog Dunboyne, Dunboyne and the 2018. Keegan Cup holders would be in the relegation playoffs. Would be in the relegation playoffs. And, and I know that. Well, well they wouldn't I, be in the relegation playoff, but they'd be out of the championship. Well, they would Bottom if two. They, they would if um, if Nafina were to win against Wolf Tones because Wolf Tones would have the head to head. No, they're still on four points, um, and Dunboyne would be on five. Yeah, sorry. So they, yeah. they, they would not go out, but... Yeah, no, they did end up in fourth place. Yeah, so they yeah. would, uh, they'd, they'd be uh, just above the relegation. Four, yeah. No, no, they've got the five from the So, so they're insured in that sense. But, I mean, to go into the last round of games, second in the group, with a chance of topping the group, but also with a chance That's of finishing fourth and missing out on the knockout stage. And I'd say a strong chance... I don't want to hype up. I'm. I'm not just trying to do this, but I thought I was so impressed with Simonson the last day. Wasn't at the Domain game, um. But from from what I heard, they weren't they weren't themselves. They were off. It. I thought they were decent against Nafina. Curaha have been absolutely flying. This is probably as big a game as they've had in the clubs. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say their club's history, but it's certainly in a long, long time. Yeah. If they can get the win, they know they're guaranteed to get through to the knockout stages. So the carrot for them is just incredible. Um, and they also have to obviously be mindful of falling into that trap door as well. They're yeah. not guaranteed. Look, so, looking at yeah. the three groups, it's absolutely brilliant. Group A, there's a chance of five teams and ending up on six points. And Group B, you've got three teams on six points already at the moment, and you've got uh, one team on four. So you've got four teams playing. Mm for three positions in uh, the knockout stages. And in Group C, you've got five teams playing for three positions in the in the quarterfinals. It is absolutely brilliant, uh, the senior championship. Uh, and it's only going to get better when we, when we whittle it down to the 16 clubs. I saw Fergal, uh, from, uh, Fergal Lynch from the Meat Chronicle just speaking about it a couple of weeks ago. The results last weekend in the Mead Senior Football Championship were absolutely crazy. The, 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 the winning margins in some of the games were huge. Now, they were against teams that are 
right beside each other mm. in the group in the groups. You know, it wasn't that it was top playing bottom or anything like that. Like Simonson gave Nafina an awful hammer, but only two points ahead of Nafina. And mm. um, there were level on points going into that game. So I, I, I do know that he was talking about, you know, maybe You're Dunhamer Ashburn's beating Longwoods and exactly. Summerhill beating Rakenny in that game. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and there were some other games as well mm. that were that were huge uh, deficits or huge um, winning margins. And he was saying, you know, should we should there only be 12 senior teams in Mead or should it be 16 or whatever? And the majority of people that voted, voted for 12. And, and, and it is something that I would have advocated. I saw it, yeah. We, you know, we're just getting in the new system next year and it'll be interesting to see how that works next year and uh, give it a few years hmm. um, to see how it works. Well, you'll be down to 16 next exactly. year. Exactly, you'll be down to 16, so. four groups of four, two up into quarterfinals, two into relegation yeah. each year and it'll be... Uh, everybody will get the same amount of games at least in the group stage. See, that, and that's it. I think you mentioned the changes. Like, you don't want to go too drastic at first. As you say, if things need to be tweaked again, fine, do it the year after, two years after, whenever. Mm-hmm. But I suppose that's where clubs maybe panicked before when these changes were proposed that, oh, suddenly it's a mass relegation. At least with three teams going down, everyone's in the relegation playoff, but you still have a fighting chance of staying up. If you're not good enough over the five group games in your relegation game, then ultimately you're not good enough to play senior football. That there's no hard luck stories. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it's, it. it's done over the piece, and that's that's the way it should be. Absolutely. Well, uh, that's it for this week's We Are Mead podcast. Um, David, have you any more business? I presume you want to mention the the um, the prediction sheet. Yeah, it's the last round of prediction sheets, so we will probably stop it after this one uh, purely because we've pretty much stop training so it's hard enough to get the lads to sell it when we are training so um I this will be the last week of them so um mgaprediction.com um to get your predictions in before Friday evening I think the first game's at quarter to eight possibly um and it's just senior and intermediate this week because there's no first team junior um yeah. so we've just gone with senior and intermediate there's 18 games in total so I know there's less games but you'll still be doing extremely well to get 18 out of 18 considering the games we're just after talking about absolutely and, and plenty, plenty just to yeah. bring it up about yeah. last week's podcast um uh and the predictions we went through my predictions <laughs> I ended up on 53 points my heart overruled my head or my head overruled oh, my heart right. overruled my head sorry and uh, even on my prediction sheet you can see I had picked the Clonagale winning over Cortown and I says no I can't do that to me buddy I'm going to pick <laughs> Cortown I ended up on 53 cost you 50 quid didn't it it cost me 50 quid <laughs> so it did being a nice guy yeah, just yeah. doesn't pay. I'll, I'll buy you a pint. If, if anybody out there is thinking about being a nice guy, don't bother your ass. It doesn't get you anywhere, so it doesn't. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the prediction sheets, we've had great crack doing yeah. them uh, with the lads and uh, we will be doing our predictions on the Loyal Royals podcast. So if you are a Loyal Royal and want to get the extra content, all the interviews, uh, all the predictions and all those extra podcasts during the week, uh, head on over to www.patreon.com. Uh, dot com forward slash we are mead you can sign up and for less than five dollars five euro uh, uh sorry for five dollars a month and less than the price of a pint in a, a high end establishment in temple bar you will get all those extra podcasts it's anywhere from four to uh 12 podcasts extra per month and um, to listen to you get to listen to the adultery and sultry tones of David Rispin and Mickey Brennan and, uh, Kieran Flynn and Brian Kelly as well and uh, don't forget we are Mead why it matters more